You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations. All while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. This is Fearless Business, and this is Robin Waite. Hey, and welcome back to episode number five of the Fearless Business Podcast. Uh, I am super excited about uh, uh, my guest, Alexander Siri, who is on today. So he is an ex-police officer uh, of several years. He is a successful business owner and entrepreneur with multiple streams of revenue coming in now. And he's also a best-selling author of a book, which I'll, uh, I'll get Alex to introduce and tell you about a bit later on. So welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, Alexander. Thank you for having me, Robin. Great intro. Um, I was a detention officer for Knott's Police, but very close. Very close. <laughs> still <laughs> still serving in the police force, which is kind of yeah. all, all that matters to me and exactly. the listeners, hopefully. Yeah. So, Alex, um, just I want to kick things off. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just tell us a little bit about Alex's story and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Yeah. So, God, it started from me probably at the age of 10 years old. So, at the age of 10, uh, mum and dad split up and dad kind of left the scene. And uh, growing up with mum was pretty hard. Uh, She's quite racially abusive. And uh, unfortunately, uh, by the age of kind of 19 to 21, um, I was, you know, very depressed, down, uh, contemplated taking my own life. And it was kind of a bad point in my life. Um, And I remember specifically, literally, texting my mother at the time uh felt like killing myself and for me to reach out to my mum and and tell her that was kind of the last straw for me and i didn't kind of get the response that i was hoping to get and in that moment um it kind of gave me um the fuel to to actually change my life because recently you know growing up i was not entrepreneurial you know i went to school pretty average i dropped out you know uh college i got average gcses i got suspended at school i was your typical um, naughty lad who tried to make people laugh all the time. And uh, I had no business acumen, no kind of uh, entrepreneurial streak whatsoever. So that time in my life, I kind of uh, reached out to mom, didn't get the response I wanted. And at that moment, I kind of realized that actually, if you know, if I want to help myself and I want my life to change, um, it's all on me, you know? Yeah. So I went and uh, I Googled uh, very frantically how to become rich. I thought money would solve all my problems. And I came Googling uh, how to become rich and up came a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Great book. Phenomenal book. Like the first book I ever read, it was freaking hard work because that was the first book I read from the 1930s since school, right? I never I never really read uh, much books. Um, and I can remember reading that book. Literally, I used to share a bedroom with my brother and uh, I was on the left-hand side near the window and he was on the right-hand side near the radiator. And um, I kind of reading it and, and literally welling up and crying and thinking, why why is this not taught in schools? Like, why has none of my uh, uncles, aunties, why is my teachers, why has no one taught me this way of thinking? And in that moment, I felt this overwhelming um, kind of surge of responsibility, knowing that, um, you know, if I want to make things happen in my life, it's all on me. And I think looking back, what helped me get over the way I was feeling at the time was um, 
setting goals. It was the first time I've set goals in my life. Um, never set them growing up. And I can remember the most, uh, the, the first goal I set was to become a police officer was to become a police officer, get a good, secure job. Um, so I uh, set that goal and um, I feel the things started cha- uh, changing, started training the gym, kind of uh, I was stopped smoking at the time. I was smoking at the age of 21, very nautically. Um, and um, and yeah, I, I set the goal to become a police officer. However, I realized, or I thought I realized that this whole positive thinking goal setting thing wasn't working because what actually happened is I got kicked out of home. So I was, I was homeless, uh, for a brief period. Um, especially, you know, living with a, you know, my mind mindset growing and my, my mother's is, is so fixed and the kind of friction kind of was there. And, and unfortunately I got kicked out. I was homeless for a brief time. Um, long story short, I still went towards my goal and became a care support worker for autistic adults with challenge behaviors with that for about three years. And then the applications came up um, to become uh, first a special constable for Nottinghamshire police. And then um, as soon as I got that job, which I, I got eventually, I became uh, a detention officer for Nottinghamshire police. And um, whilst I was there, I realized, oh my Lord, these people are freaking miserable. And, you know, I, I love cops. I love my colleagues. Uh, you see loads of them all the time. And um, in that moment, I realized I've been chasing this goal of becoming a police officer. And it wasn't what I hoped. You know, these people were miserable. They were stressed. They were institutionalized. They were complaining like no other. Um, but yet they well, kept why, coming. Why was that? Why, you know, I, I, you hear bad things about working for the public services and things like that. But um, why, why mm. do you think, what, what, what was it that was causing them that sort of level of you know, unhappiness. Yeah. So austerity is a, is a big part to play. So a lack of resources, you've got, um, a lack of income, people aren't being appreciated for their efforts, um, stress from the public, the organization itself. Um, and also a lack of time, you know, working on sociable shifts due to lack of resources and staying on shifts longer than they should, um, is taking away time away from the family, from their loved ones and their hobbies and things they want to do, and even things like the gym. And all this kind of accumulated into it's a one big kind of um, kind of mixture and, and, you know, people would complain. And what seemed to me is that people were sacrificing their happiness for a wage. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I dubbed that kind of uh, behavior as, as a wage slave. You know, you're coming in to work basically for a salary, despite how unhappy you are and despite the unhappiness. Did you feel like this as well at the same time? At the same time, I didn't, no. Um, And the reason being is that when I realized I was going down this route, I decided to make a swift change and go into business. So cool. um, I use this, you know, analogy all the time. You know, if we if we use the same same ingredients in life, Robin, um, you know, if we add in a bit of um, low income, uh, missing the cherished moments from your kids, missing uh, Christmas time with the kids, injuries, you know, um, being put in complaints from the public, and all this mixed in a bowl, a sprinkle a bit of negativity on there, and you put that mixture in the oven long enough, which is the length of service nine times out of 10, you're going to get that same result, which is one grumpy police officer chasing their pension and not their passion. And we well, like I, to just- I know I had two in my family, Alex. So I think you know that my, my grandfather was in the Essex police for, uh, where he retired out. Um, yeah. So he was in there, you know, I don't know how long the service, how long it was then, but um, so he must've been 20, 30 plus years. And then my dad also, but he got injured, unfortunately, and came out after nine years. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, again, you know, we're going back into the, like the 1960s when my dad was a police officer, but even then, you know, 
the story hasn't hasn't changed that much. It seems. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's mad, and I think I think the pensions got worse as time's gone on. Um, but with regards to kind of you know chasing that pension and, and putting that kind of concoction of ingredients into the oven, which is the length of service, it, you're going to get the same result. And you can try and justify these reasons like you know I'll be different, you know I'm positive, you know I won't let anything affect me, you know at works work and work and then that's it, it's separate. But again, it just comes back to the ingredients. So, um, what so I, what did you do about it? I kind of thought, okay, well, what's the opposite of that? What if I use the ingredients of successful entrepreneurs? What if I, you know, put some specialized knowledge in there? What if I put some hard work into there? You know, hustle, as uh, as the as the, uh, the word goes. Um, if what if I put in a bit of you know perseverance, um, drive, and I put that in the oven long enough, and what result will I get then? Because these were the things that you know these books were telling me. Um, these books, these interviews that I would watch on YouTube, all these use the same kind of words: perseverance, persistence, you know, specialized knowledge, action, that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and I thought, okay, well, let's let's give property a go. Um, I had no experience in the property industry. Um, I had, I, you know, I've got very small hands for a man, so I'm crap at DIY. <laughs> I, um, I literally, I was financially broke at the time. Um, so I, I never had a mortgage. I didn't know what loan to value meant or nothing. And I thought to myself, well, how do people start off? You know, everyone's got to start from day one. Every professional was once an amateur. And um, I did a bit of research and it was a common theme in all the books I read, the YouTube and everything else. And it was that successful people have mentors. You know, to know the road ahead is to ask those coming back. And I thought, okay, well, I've never had a mentor before. Um, so I decided to invest in a mentor who was a very successful property investor himself. And uh, long story short, within a matter of a year, I was able to like grow a 62,000 uh, pound revenue business. Um, and this was, you know, nearly tripled my, my salary as a, as a detention officer. Uh, wow. Accumulate about, at the time, it was about just under a million pounds worth of assets, um, raised over a million pounds worth of asset um, income, uh, investment, sorry. Um, And I was financially independent. I was able to resign from the police service. And once I did that in a very smelly fashion, um, I was... um, I was able to scale that business to, to now about 1.6 million pounds worth of assets, um, four amazing investors, um, six figure business uh, generating and about 75 rental units. Um, so it's gone, it's gone really, really well, but I was able to do that, able to do that by learning how to do things through specialized knowledge. Yeah. And I, I'm guessing as well, like, you know, because having seen, having seen other people in um, sort of serving at the same time as you as well. Did you see that there was an opportunity to potentially show other people the way that you found as well? Like showing that there's not, you know, because I know there are down days, aren't there? Off days. Uh, what what mm. do you? I can't remember what you call them, but um, you know, days where you're not on shift, where um, you know, there's time available mm-hmm. to put into something else. So did yeah. you start to help other people? Yeah. What happened? So we, so in the, in the police service, we work uh, shift patterns. So mine was four and four off and there's six on and four off. There's loads of different patterns. And for me, I would see so many of my colleagues who, who at the time, you know, they didn't like the jobs. They're complaining. They would play the lottery, you know, ask me, Alex, are you getting in the lottery this week? And I'd always say no. Uh, complain about the change, the policy, their wages, the overtime, everything to the job they're complaining and yet they would piss away their rest days they call them in the police service rest days are watching netflix you know going out to the pub you know chilling and stuff and they would repeat that cycle 
And lo and behold, bang, 20 years happen and you're in the same shitty situation complaining about your job. Um, for me, I realized, look, that is just repetitive behavior. I'm going to end up like these people. Um, I decided to use my rest days and turn them into success days. So in my free time, I was developing my ideas. I was moving my business forward. I was getting deals. I was speaking to investors. I was raising money. I was dealing with project management. I was dealing with builders. All these things are moving forward. And I thought to myself, well, this time's going to pass anyway. So where I am, you know, at the time to where I wanted to be, that time's always going to come. The sun's always going to rise. The moon's always going to appear. So I realized I may as well work towards something that's going to get me where I want to be instead of just chilling on my rest days. And then I can gain back that time once I am financially independent and doing what the hell I want, which, you know, now I do. Um, yeah. So, so for me, it was like a short-term, you know, short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain. And so, why, why do you think more police officers don't take advantage of that? Conditioning. Just typical conditioning. You know, as, as children, we are, we are, taught to get a good secure job get a pension stay in that job for security um and then retire and peacefully pass away which for me that bollocks <laughs> I, I in fact i'm getting like goosebumps thinking about that that is yeah. average that is average living and you know with no disrespect but if people want more out of life as these as police officers would because they complain so much you know you stop taking advice from other cops there's, there's no congruency with you know taking advice from mum dad brother sister you know your friend down the dave down the pub who are not successful they're just giving you advice because they think that's the right advice you should get but the advice i want to get robin is advice off multi-millionaire mentors who, who have got what i want not that's it it's, it's all about growth it's yeah it's not about this um script that you know everybody else has created for us it's about um showing people this you know this better um a better way of living you know fine if you want to go for average that's cool that's cool by me but actually yeah. i think most people who i know don't want average they want much better than themselves for their families and things like that exactly. so you've got exactly. a, you've got a program shift to success mm-hmm. yeah at what point so how long has that been running for and i'm guessing that's helping fellow sort of police officers now yeah so so what um got that launched in um june 2017 the idea came about and uh this was you know after i kind of um you know i was pretty pretty doing okay with property and i can remember having some kind of downtime thinking god like property is great it's very lucrative but it's not filling me up you know it's just not it's not like you know i don't get too deep but like it wasn't filling me up spiritually it wasn't um yeah i felt like it wasn't i was filling my wallet but i wasn't filling my soul and uh, i remember sitting down um and thinking you know I've, i've climbed the ladder here of success and it's leaning against the wrong building so i kind of did some soul searching and um i started a um video based um kind of uh interview process where i interviewed uh mentor uh, sorry uh multimillionaire mentors and on their business their mindset etc and uh, on my last interview i had the idea of shift success with the help of of, of a mentor and uh founded in 2017 in, in may or june i believe and um we had our first ever event in january 2018 um from cohort to cohort we grew by seven seventy percent so from cohort one to cohort two to cohort three each time 70 percent which has been been awesome um really kind of uh, a great feeling knowing that we're making a difference in other people's lives now um it's not about 
myself it's about these other people who are in the police service who feel trapped who feel institutionalized who feel like they deserve more and now they can live life on their term by building a business from scratch with the help of our amazing team including you yeah, um, including me to, yep to <laughs> gotta get that plug in there somehow alex <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to, so they can live life on their terms uh, with with happiness um that is success happiness is success so Cool. Yeah. Talk to me about, tell, tell the listeners about some of the success stories, because obviously I, I am involved with the Shift to Success program. Um, and just, it's really interesting because I've worked with a variety of different, um, I guess, business owners, different types of people. And yeah. I ha- it, there's something to be said for uh, police officers and their mindset, especially when it co- has come to kind of um, setting up their businesses and how they've applied themselves. It's it's very methodical it's 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 like they just get out there and jfdi basically you know mm. which i've noticed sort of people other people have struggled with so there's obviously something about the way you've structured the program and um but specifically i want to know about just let, let the listeners know about some of the results which you've got for the police officers who've come on board so far sure yeah so so bear in mind um the majority of our of our clients have, have never been in business before they all have you know different ideas entrepreneurial ideas that they own um and co-op one finished in i mean their year finished this month actually in april but their um top performer presentations were in january uh, just to give you some insight you know we had uh, a, a um a police officer who was in a franchise business when he joined us he wasn't making uh, that much money and he needed to scale that um long story short he was able to um scale and systemize his franchise business increases revenue to about 70 70 000, um which was able to give him the resignation from the job so he resigned from wow. the job with that income but then he's now gone into a different industry using the same methodology that we teach and has actually gone into the property industry um and as you know scaled you know six-figure business with that um we've then got um a female um, member of the police or who, who was, she had a, a cake business when she first uh, joined Shift Success, decided that wasn't going to be it. She's now gone into wedding events for the LGBT community within about, I think about three weeks, something, four weeks, she closed her first sale at five and a half grand. Um, wow. And, you know, she's, she's smashing it. She's partnered with some big brands and uh, she's now resigned from the job. We've had a, um, a, another cop ex-police officer who was making a 600 pound loss in business um who really you know didn't want to um, work in the police and um, she had some ho- horrible negative thoughts about the police and um she long story short she's gone on to scale her business all within inside 12 months to 136 thousand in revenue which is wow. uh, being featured in uh, she's been um, nominated for awards now. She's been um, published in uh, magazines now. So it's just amazing. And then we've got another officer who's gone into the travel uh, industry. Again, generated about um, over six figures in, in sales. Again, just starting from scratch, building a business from scratch in the industry they enjoy, which is phenomenal. And and it has to be said as well, Alex. I mean, I, I you know I don't don't want to paint paint a bad a negative picture of the police force because I think there are lots of people who are fundamentally like quite happy with you know, the police and their support and things like that. But ultimately, you know, police forces don't want unhappy, you know, why would they want unhappy people working within those, within their organization? The shift to success seems like an amazing outlet for somebody 
you know, who has maybe um, maybe gone down a path which they're not fundamentally happy with. And this is just another opportunity for them to kind of extend their life. This is about the individual, isn't it? It's all about them. It's all about them and their family and their future and their legacy. Um, you know, the legacy for police officers was the pension. It's been diluted so much and will continue to be diluted. Um, and it's just, it's just awful. You know, people are, are slaving away for a measly pension when these officers who I've just mentioned are making six figures in 12 months, you know, yeah. and their pension is, you know, just over six figures. It, it's crazy. They're missing so much opportunity by focusing on the end game, whereas what they can do in the present is build a business from scratch. And I honestly believe, you know, the reason why police officers are doing so well on the program is, is due to their skill sets. Um, so many cops focus on their hard skill sets, you know, making the arrest, putting the statement in, do, using the intoxilizer machine, all these hard skill sets. And, and this is why a lot of them get rejected when they apply for um, jobs. And a lot of them have to go into train driver jobs, for example. Um, yeah. However, shift success, we teach about the soft skill sets, soft skill sets that actually take the general public a lot of time to develop. However, Police officers develop these in the in the police service because they use it so often. So communication, resilience, teamworking, leadership, assertiveness, problem solving, all entrepreneurial skill sets that they have, but they're using them within the job and they're not being valued. You put those skill sets in a business for yourself and you combine that with a hunger and desire to win, that's you know, it's, it's a matter of time before you, you get where you want to be. Absolutely, hundred percent. And so, in terms of like you know, um, shift to success. So you've had you had ten on the first cohort. You've got seventeen officers on there uh, and a nurse on the second cohort. Yeah. And uh, cohort three is coming up. What are the goals for cohort three? Yeah, cohort three. So we've got uh, twenty five, potentially twenty six. So it starts in two weeks. Um, and and yeah, we've got a nurse on there as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Excellent. And, and so in terms of like your plans for shift to success, because I know it's broader than just the UK, you know, there's there's other police forces in other countries. So you want to you want to really grow this thing and accelerate the growth of shift to success now, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we want three cities in the UK, um, three cities in the UK, and we want to expand to different markets like the healthcare, military, teachers, fire, uh, basically government jobs into into entrepreneurship. And then globally, we want to scale to um, America and we want 30 cities in America um, and we want you know valuation is want a valuation of 30 million um, we want a leadership team CEO COO CMO um, we want to make bigger contributions to charities like buy one give one and the overall mission of this by the way is, is to massively hugely um, to decrease the suicide rate amongst um, government job workers wow I mean that that so that one single goal that you just talked about at the end there on its own is enough, yeah. uh, you know, let alone all of the, the rest of what you've just um, kind of outlined as well. And, you know, uh, fundamentally, like having that level of leadership that you've got, Alex, I think is probably what inspires so many officers to kind of take that leap of faith and um, has been the driving force behind the growth which you've seen in their businesses. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's got to be a lot of credit to kind of, um, you know, Alex and and the team as well, um, myself, myself included. I can include myself yeah, within that, can't I? It's always about the team. The team have been <laughs> remarkable. And, uh, you know, I don't mind saying this, I would never have been able to do with any you know, other support and you and the others. It's been phenomenal and it's, you know, the value you give to, to the shift success community is just second to none. And uh, I'm looking forward like, to it. It comes from the leader. Like I think leadership is one of the, the biggest qualities in, in the entrepreneurial world. You know, you talked about um, Napoleon Hill and think and grow rich and, 
Mm. All he talks about in that book as well is about the leaders that he featured and, and talked about, you know, yeah. and their philosophies around sort of running, building businesses and entrepreneurship and things like that. Um, yeah. So what, what would you say if you, re, we've got a couple of questions now just to kind of like just sure. dissect your entrepreneurial journey a little bit. So what would you say your was your biggest defining moment um, on your entrepreneurial journey to date? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think there's been a few instances, a, th- a few instances where I've gone, wow, like, you know, there's something, there's something here. So first securing a, my first investment in my first business, um, with limited financial resources, you know, broke guy literally owns properties now. Um, that was a real light bulb moment. I can remember that moment very clearly. I was in custody. Uh, I think that was one, that was a big defining moment. And the reason that was so defining was because from that moment, you know, if you can get something from nothing, what can you get from something? So financial yeah. resources are not a reason for why you can or can't do something, right? Um, then there's another moment where um, uh, I, I published uh, my book called Police Officer to Entrepreneur. Um, that became a bestseller within you know a couple of you know, few hours um, and across three different categories, which was which is awesome. Um, partnering with um, a global enterprise called Dent Global. Um, that was a, that was a big. Um, you know, eye-opening thing for me because uh, a really um, positive movement forward for the company. And also, and this is from, a, you know, a bit of a deep one as well. This is probably the kicker for me. Um, and of course, in there goes with your first sales. And your first sales always, everyone remembers the first sale. Yep. But with regards to a purpose point of view, and I knew I was on the right track. I, throughout my entrepreneurial journey, I've always, you know, wondered, you know, am I, am I, is this the right way to go? Is that is this the right way to go and stuff? And not from a sales perspective, but from a, like an, a, an internal, soulful way. And I, when when we had the cohort one top performers, and seeing them explain their story, where they were, because because there's a lot of information I didn't know, and sharing how they are now feeling, sharing how they are, you know, now earning more money, sharing how their family life's got better, how their health's got better. Um, I bawled my eyes out. I, I cried my eyes out that evening. And in that moment, I knew I was on my purpose. Wow. I think purpose will always trump passion. Purpose is something that pulls you, like gets you up out of the morning. Something that, you know, all these challenges we have with entrepreneurs, it pulls you through them because you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for the greater good of your purpose. And yeah. uh, for me, that was the biggest defining moment so far in my entrepreneurial journey what's what's interesting for me is there's a, a, a bit of a theme which kind of cropped up throughout that is okay to give you a bit of feedback on that sure absolutely yeah there's, there's a bit of a sense of validation mm. do you want me to explain that yeah yeah, yeah. go on okay. so so it, it's interesting because actually like you know fearless business is is all about that process of validation because mm-hmm. when you're when you're struggling to achieve something mm-hmm. so like right now there's probably something which you want that you can't quite get yet it's it's actually really hard to stop yourself from you know having those negative emotions of like oh why why me mm-hmm. like why what you know the, the, those sorts of feelings that are associated with like lack of if yeah. that makes sense and actually what what you've told us there is that over a period of time mm-hmm. you followed a set of processes mm-hmm. you kind of 
believed in the system. You reached out for help when you needed to, mm. but your your kind of moments were defined by validating validation in terms of getting that first investment in. Yes, this this thing could actually work. Yeah, getting your first client booked onto shift to success. Yes, actually this this thing is yeah. you know this is something that other people want. Yeah. Um, and then results, like as a coach, like I do it for the results. I don't mm. care about the money. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's you yeah. valid, like this is your unique process, your unique system that you've created, Alex. Yeah. And somebody's gone through your program mm. and got the result, which you designed. Mm. Yeah. You designed that result. Yeah. Okay. They put the hard yards in, they did a lot of the work, but you designed that program and they have validated it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete and like sense. That, and I know val- the word validate is a bit like it's a nothingness of a word, really. But actually, you should take a huge like sense of pride in that validation process. You've designed it, mm. and and now that you know it works, it's like you've now realised that the world is your oyster and you can grow this thing. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it makes complete sense. And looking back from for all those things I mentioned, it is a value um, validation from each point. Yeah. And not not just like I said, not just from a practical perspective with you as a human being or anything like that. It's like, no, I've I've got this great idea. I'm gonna go yeah. out and prove that it works. Yeah. And that, that takes an awful that's like jump leaping off the cliff without a, a safety net. Yeah. Waiting for it to pop up as you jump off the cliff. I, I I've got a huge amount of respect for you know everything that you shared with us, Alex. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, I got another question. So you've talked about Dent. Sure. Um, obviously, like Dan Priestley, and uh, he's got some amazing books, uh, Entrepreneur Revolution, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of three other great books. But um, what other sort of books, podcasts, or experts would you recommend that people kind of tap into? Sure. Yeah. So obviously yourself and take your shot. Of course. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think for me, one of one of the life changing books for me. I've m- I mentioned Think and Grow Rich already, but um, the Slight Edge by Jeff Olson is a book that was a real freaking game changer for me. Like, I really wish I read that back in God, 2011, 12. Um, but I read it, you know, about 2015, I believe. And it based the basic premise of that is that you are not you're either succeeding or failing. There's no in between. And every action you take is taking you closer towards success or taking you away from it. So every action behavior I'm taking now is either, um, well, I met, try and make sure it's taking me towards the vision I have for myself, the company and our clients. Uh, yeah. so that book's a real game changer for me. Highly recommended podcast wise. I am, uh, obsessed at the minute with how I built this by Guy Roz, Guy Raz. Phenomenal. Cool. Tell me about that. I haven't heard. I haven't heard of that. Um, yeah, that it's, it's about um, entrepreneurs, idealists, uh, and the movements that they uh, built um, behind um, behind it all. And it's got stories such as you know Five Guys, the Burgers. Yep. Yep. Um, that how they started. Um, Spanx with Sarah Blakely. Um, there's the Instagram founders. Um, you know, there's Burt Bees. You know, the lip, lip solve stuff. Um, yep. Bomb. Yep loads of stories like that and 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 why i love it so much is because every single one of these entrepreneurs every single one had dire dire challenges before the people before the person they are today and it just puts things in perspective like yeah we've got problems in business but is it solvable yeah it is because you know you've seen other people go through a nightmare situation and they have just scaled a, you know, billion dollar company or a multi-million dollar company. It's just amazing. It's very structured very well. So how I built this by Guy Ross. 
cool. I've I've made a note of that, and I'll pop all of those into the show notes as well. It's just reminded me of something actually, because it, it's something which crops up quite often in the sort of business world. Is oh, I just I don't have enough time. Uh, I, I don't have time to do a podcast. I don't have time to write a book. I don't have time to go out and do networking. Like yeah. it's, it, which f- from my perspective is just a bit of an excuse because it's not like Richard Branson has any more time than any of us. Exactly. Yet that guy has still managed to build what fifteen multi-billion-dollar businesses. You know, in the same amount of time as anybody else. You've nailed it. It's BS, and, I, and I'm, I'm more than happy to tell anyone who, who says to me, "I haven't got the time. Um, you know, I'm stuck on financial resources." Um, it is BS, and it's a justification to make that person who's telling you that excuse to feel better. Yeah, I think the, the most, the most best advice you know I've, I've given to myself, and, and actually mentors have, have given me is that no one cares. Like you can give yourself all the excuse. I haven't got the time. I've got kids. You know, I, um, I've, I've, I've got, I've got financial resources. I don't know what to do. All these excuses that people come up with that have been there for years. But yeah, there's other people around the globe who have gone through, again, worse situations who have gone on to build remarkable things. Now, that's not to say the excuse that this person's saying don't exist. You may be, yeah. you know, restricted on time. You may be financially, you know, a bit broken at the minute. All these things do exist, but they're not the justification or reason for why you can or can't do something because other people are doing yeah. it. So as long as you stop stop moaning and actually start giving something a priority and start thinking how you can do something instead of I can't do it, then your life will change. That's how it would be for me. You know, we all start from day one and uh and evil people have got excuses or results on their minds. And uh for me and any of the clients are just success. Um, I, w- I would tell them the same results, results thinking will set you apart. hundred percent. And it's just that different. I, I did, in fact, my, uh, I think it was the second or third podcast episode I did was on growth, growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And you just summarized it in about 30 seconds there. So yeah. probably I should have just had you on earlier and I wouldn't have had to have done that podcast episode. Um, <laughs> but it was, um, I, I gave like 27 different examples and it's very, it's exactly like I said, people are saying, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, whereas actually it should be, well, how can I get better at this? How can I find a way through it? How can I get more resourceful, yeah. you know, and, and move things forward? Yeah. Uh, Cool. So we've got a couple more, couple more questions, then we'll wrap cool. things up. So, um, so how old are you now, Alex? I'm 28. 28. Okay. So your 18 year old, uh, version of your sat opposite 18 year old Alexander Siri. Yeah. Okay. What would you tell him? That's a great question. I would say, watch your environment, really watch your environment. So, <laughs> I, um, your peer group and your, your circle of influence have more control over than you think consciously and subconsciously. And I wish more people were aware of it. Um, now there's, there's, there's straight haters. Everyone knows what haters are. You know where you stand with haters, but then there's toxic people, people who aren't good for you internally or externally. And on what I'd be my, like they're dream killers. So, you know, at the time I had some great, amazing friends, um, but when you start to get an idea or when you start to have this realization that actually you are set out for bigger things in life, people's comments and um, little banter remarks can creep up on you and it can keep you within this box playing small, keep you in you know an average um, mediocre life. And if you are not aware of that and the effects it's having on you, then your dreams will die with you 
in that present moment and it will never come up because you're so amazing afraid. piece of advice yeah of, of so, thinking. I, I remember um i remember in 2004 when i set up my marketing business um uh, we we had a bit of a tough start but we, business was going okay but it was about six months in and i remember just i had a t- i was working for my parents house actually and i had a bit of a breakdown and mum just walked in and said oh rob when, when are you going to go and get a proper job yeah and i was like Mad. oh my you know thankfully yeah. thankfully then i was like oh, i just ignore her she's being she's being daft she doesn't know what she's talking about but think about the people who may actually listen to that sort of advice and never kind of push on through with their dreams so i think that's the most amazing advice you could possibly give yourself, Alex. Hopefully yeah. he would listen as well. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. It was a stubborn little git. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Very close-minded that age, I think. <laughs> I think, I think all 18-year-olds are. We think we know everything, don't we? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, all, if I, my, my 18-year-old, I wish that he'd actually just um, picked up books and carried on reading, um, but entrepreneurial books rather than kind of, you know, storybooks and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But, uh, but hey, hey, we can't look back on that badly. That's, we're, we're who we are and where we are now. So that's the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, right, Alex. So we, you've got the Shift to Success program. You mentioned your book, Police Officer to Entrepreneur. But how can people um, sort of reach out to you, get in touch, and have a chat with you? Sure. Yeah. So if you Google my name, Alexander Siri, um, you'll find all my links. Uh, Instagram is Alexander Siri. Website www.shiftsuccess.com, um, and I'm on Twitter at uh, shiftsuccess.com as well. So just reach out, type in my name on Google, and you'll find everything you need to know about me. Cool. And we will also pop all of the um, the, the links um, that you've just mentioned and the books and things into the and to the show notes. So hopefully, uh, if, if you've been listening to this and you want to catch up on any of the sound sage advice Alex has been providing, um, you can do so just by clicking into the, um, the show notes. Uh, cool. I've got one last question, Alex. Sure. What's next for Alexander Siri? What's next? So we are um, recruiting at the minute. So we're, we're bringing on two amazing new team members. Um, so we're making sure they're in place and creating a company culture. Um, but the next, the next kind of milestone is is to uh, increase the amount of our cohorts. So we want to go from where we are right now to about twenty five to fifty for cohort four, uh, and change fifty lives. Um, so we're on a mission to change a uh, thousand lives by 2021 and, uh, to ra- ramp things up. So, so yeah, that's it. Cool. So if, if you know, and, and also the next cohort is open to not just police officers, but, uh, is it going to be open to other services that's, as well yet? That's or? right. Yeah. We're not actually marketing it yet, but if you're right fit in the sense of you're from the NHS or, um, you've worked in custody or even like police staff or policing family specials, etc., and you're looking for, for a new change, um, in building your own business, um, then yeah, we can have that conversation. Cool. And Police Officer to Entrepreneur is a fantastic book, not just for police officers either. I think it's a, a great business book. You know, I got properly stuck into it and uh, when, when we first met Alex. So um, yes. don't don't think that just because you're not a police officer, you can't pick up Alex's book and get something out of it um, and, and reach out to us. Awesome. Alex, uh, great interview. Thank you ever so much for being my guest today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And uh, for anybody else who's interested, if you want to get in touch with Alex, like I said, just click into the show notes and we will catch up with you for the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. 